friends, and welcome to the Seeker Podcast at Service of Change, where we challenge reality, question that we've been taught, in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. I'm your host, Dennis Nappy II, with Service of Change, where you can read my book for free, I Am Human and We Are Not Who We Think We Are, just by going to serviceofchange.com slash I Am Human, and you sign up, you get access to the free Seeker newsletter, excuse me, where you get exclusive content and uh, that password to read this book. You can also read the first three chapters without having to sign up at all, but my hope is that you'll just uh, sign up and uh, and take a look at the book and, and be ready for the next book, Book 2, Food for the Archons, which is uh, a work in progress, but I'm working diligently to get that project done because there's a lot of good information in there. Uh, I've just been amazed at what I've been uncovering in the research that I'm doing for that project. So. I'm happy to be on the air tonight again. Uh, I'm trying a new format in case for those of you watching on the YouTube channel. Uh, I'm actually doing a, a video podcast, a video cast this time. Wanted to see something different, see what the results were on this one. So believe it or not, even though I'm not recording live, I'm a little nervous sitting here staring at myself on the screen. So uh, my apologies if I sound a little goofy tonight or I stutter over my words. It's crazy how that uh, has an impact on us. But trying something new tonight, so let me know what you think about it. Shoot me an email. Just go to uh, the servicechange.com page. You can find my contact contact information. Love to know your thoughts on it. Love to uh, connect with my listeners and, and with my readers. Speaking of which, I've gotten some great emails this past week, so thank you to those who have reached out to me, sharing your experiences, your uh, your understandings of things. Uh, I had a buddy reach out to me today just telling me how he was watching the movie Ghostbusters, and all of a sudden it kind of hit him like a bolt of lightning. Oh my gosh, that's, there's connections to this and to, to ancient Samaria and gods, and, and he just started making all these connections, and, and uh, it was pretty cool that he, uh, he was able to share that with me. So I love to hear from you. What connections are you making? What things are you looking into? Um, always good to know uh, in response to uh, you know to the shows and stuff. So tonight I want to talk about um, the importance of dreams. Uh, you know, most of us have them, or at least most of us remember having them in some way, shape, or form. Uh, what do they mean? There's a lot of different schools of thought on what dreams mean. I've used them as a, as a guide throughout uh, pretty much majority of my life. And, uh, you know, I, I want to talk about it tonight because I, I just think it's an important tool for us to be able to use to try to understand this, uh, this crazy world that, we, that we're currently living in right now. I uh, just want to direct you back to the Service to Change page, servicetochange.com. If you are an author and you're looking to get your book published, please hit me up. I'd be more than happy to, uh, to work with you. We're looking for new authors at Service of Change to help you publish your book, turn your dreams into books. It's such a great feeling when you get to, to hold this book in your hand for the first time. It is just uh, an exciting feeling. And if you're, you're enjoying the content here, you want to support the show, check out our bookstore at serviceofchange.com. There's a lot of great stuff there. There. 
Um, you know, our, our books are increasing in number, so, uh, you know, hopefully yours can get on there as well, but that's, an, that's just a great way to support the show. So let me jump into, uh, you know what, before I do that, I came across a, a, a video on Facebook tonight through YouTube, and I, I just I can't get it out of my head. And it's one of those ones where I, I saw it, and you know, and it said, uh, "If you're human, you don't stop watching this." It, it was some it was some catchy phrase like, "Don't click this," but I'm going to click it anyway. Uh, and I, it was about five minutes long, and I got through a minute and a half of it. I wish that I didn't watch it, but it's something that I've been talking about on this show for for a long time, and it just drove it home for me. And I just want to stress that importance again. I want to preface. I'm not a doom and gloom guy. I'm not one to spread fear and the fire and brimstone. You know, I try to offer that positive path to counteract all that stuff because I don't think that it's necessary. Not that fear is not necessary, but I don't think that level of it is necessary, especially to, to sell the show. That's not what I'm about. But this video was, it was just images of animal cruelty, and I'm going to spare you the details. I'm not even going to share the link because it was just too upsetting to watch. But it just reminded me, man, that... that it's, we're in a tough, tough spot. It's a tough world that we live in. And there are really horrible, terrible things that go on in this world every single day. And I think part of the problem is that as humans, we seem to think that we are separate from everything else. Or we're somehow better than the animal life and the plant life that we share this planet with. And at the end of the day, though, they have feelings. And they have fear. And they experience that fear. And this ties into everything that I've been talking about in my research for Food for the Archons. Is that I propose that there is some type of parasite out there that, number one, has influence over humanity. Over our thoughts, emotions, and more importantly, human behavior. And number two, I, I propose that the emotional output that is generated, that is influenced by them, that generates fear, anxiety, worry, loneliness, sadness, all those bad feelings that we hate to have but are easily able to wallow in, they feed off of that energy. Like a plant feeds off of the sun, these parasites feed off of the energy of human beings. And, and that's measured through a lot of different ways. You know, we produce an electromagnetic field through our hearts and that, and the emotion, different types of emotions are measured through that heart as I've talked about in other shows, the research through the Institute of Heart Math. My point is this, if all animals and life on this planet are able to produce that type of energy that feeds these parasites, then we are in a position to starve them out, to limit the control that they have and influence that they have over our lives. And one of the ways that we can do that is to stop supporting animal cruelty. And I'm not doing enough at this point in time, I know that, but if you just... Whatever products that you're using that are testing on animals, that's one way to stop. Boycott those products. You know, I say as the consumers, we have the most amount of power. I could go on for a long time about this. I just, it really bothered me to see that. I just want to put that message out there. Like I said, I'm not doing everything I could at this point in time. I'm trying. I try to make changes whenever I can, whenever I become aware. It's hard, but that's not an excuse because what if it was you or someone that you cared about? And in some cases, I think that it is with the suffering that goes on in this world. I think we're no different than some of these lab lab animals that are being tested upon. But that's a whole different story. I want to talk about dreams right now. I've got some interesting stuff uh, that I want to go into in talking about dreams. And uh, I'm going to start off with, again, one of my favorite authors, one of my favorite researchers, explorers, Robert Monroe, in his book, Far Journeys. And uh he, you know, he's an out-of-body, or he was an out-of-body uh, explorer. He was pretty much 
one of the modern-day pioneers for out-of-body travel, found at the Monroe Institute, where you can actually go and learn, based on you know using some of their hemisync technology, how to leave your body and experience all these other realms and other worlds. In, in one of his books, Far Journeys, he talks about uh, an experience he had while he was in the out-of-body state, and he ended up in what he called sleeper school. And I wrote an article about this, uh, I guess about a year ago after I read the book, um, but I just want to read an excerpt from it, from his book. Uh, so, he, you know, he rolls up and he says, the, the guy he meets starts talking. He says, I guess you have. You're back at sleeper's class. I turned inward and the percept came out bright and clear. Sleeper's classes attended by countless humans during a portion of their deep sleep during the sleeping out-of-body period. The only limitation was that such sleep could not be distorted by chemicals. It had to be natural. How many times had I been here before I knew it, before I knew anything about OOBEs and the like? I just didn't remember when I woke up, like everyone else. If anything leaked through, it was attributed to a dream, inspiration, idea, or imagination. Sleeper school. It's basically, you know, what he's talking about. And when he describes it later, you know, let me see if I can find his description of it here without fumbling while I'm on the air. But he talks about how there were just so many people uh, sitting there in this sleeper class. Um, let's see if I can see it here. No, I don't want to spend time just flipping through the book. And I don't feel like editing all of that out. So, but, you know, basically just everybody ends up attending some kind of school. And I'm remembering when my son was born. And he was only... He was only a couple days old. Probably, I think within the first couple hours of life, he fell asleep. And as he was sleeping, he was sitting there, and he'd go th- his face would go through every range of emotion. He would smile, and then he'd start to cry, and he'd make like a really mad face. And I remember telling my wife, I said, I think that he's downloading emotion right now. That I think he's learning in his sleep. That was before I read this book. It was just a, a, the way it looked and just a, an idea that I had in my head that you know he was getting part of this information, this experience of life, things that he was going to need. I think he was encoding it in him. And then reading that just made me think about that, you know. So uh, there's the possibility that many of us attend some type of school while we sleep. Now I'm going to jump up here on my computer. And uh, years ago, I I listened online. I think it was available on YouTube. One of Whitley Strieber's books. And it's called The Secret School, Preparation for Contact. And just a part of the... um, a part of the excerpt from, uh, and it's an editorial review from Publishers Weekly. I'm just going to read a sentence or two, but he says, you know, he, meaning Strieber, contends that as a child in San Antonio in the 1950s, he and other children were taken in the middle of the night to a secret school run by aliens in the middle of San Antonio's wild, almost basin. Uh, the book is structured as a series of lessons, mostly specific memories of his ninth summer, followed by commentaries. So, Again, that's another author claiming that there was some type of school that he attended while he was sleeping. Uh, So, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Are we possibly receiving some kind of instruction and education? The more you look into, you know, is this some type of digital universe, the more you can kind of think, yeah, maybe we are at night when we go to sleep, maybe it's possible that our dreams are some type of lesson. Maybe there is some type of school. You know, uh, in Courtney Brown's book, Cosmic Voyage or Cosmic Explorers, the first one that he wrote, he talked about a device that was out there in what he calls subspace, which is basically just, you know, another dimension. Um, And that device is 
it was basically an artificial intelligence that sent out ideas into the world. And a lot of you know New Age authors have talked about this: is that there's ideas and information that's out there, and people pick up on those ideas, thinking that it's their own ideas, but really they're tapping into this information data stream that's out there. Um, you know, so it's something to consider. Maybe some of the information that we're getting, we're not we're not just coming up with on our own. That could be good, that could be bad. I and mean, maybe there's some really good guides out there that are influencing us and giving us ideas. Then again, you know, as we talk about with these archons and these energy parasites, maybe we're being corrupted as well. And I think that one of the key components is to strengthen our our level of consciousness and our level of awareness when we're in an unconscious state or we're in a, a dream state or and you know and, and like I said there's there's training I know the Farsight Institute focuses on remote viewing but they do some stuff with consciousness and I know the Monroe Institute definitely has that training you know or just pick up a book on lucid dreaming learn to strengthen yourself meditate and there, these are ways that you can uh, better prepare to receive this information and more importantly to remember it and that's what, what brings me up to you know to one of my tricks for for a long time I don't even know how many years this is just a few of them but I've kept I've kept dream journals um, you know I, I keep them next to my bed and when I have a significant dream I, I write it down when I you know and I go through phases in my life where I write down everything so I'll wake up as soon as I have a dream and I write it down right away and uh, you know some nights I'm waking up five six times after after each dream and writing things down and I got so good where I was able to remember every dream and every single detail. But, the, you know, it, it's a soft skill. So if you don't do it every night, then it's harder and harder to remember your dreams as time goes on. So, But when I have a significant right now, I'm at a stage where when I have a significant dream, I write it down. Um, you know, and what qualifies as significant, that's really up to you. Um, you know, sometimes something that seems insignificant, you write it down and years later it comes out as, wow, this is pretty important. Uh, I'm using a lot of these these dream journals in my research for food for the archons because it's relevant. I'm finding now a lot of these experiences that I can't consciously recall anymore because a lot of times when we have these types of encounters and these spiritual experiences, we wake up and we say, oh my gosh, I remember that. And then sometimes immediately I've had it happen. I remember the whole dream and then I go to grab my pen and it's gone. It's just completely gone. I have no way of grasping. I can't find it. can't remember it. Um... If we write them down, we can go back and we can use them as a, as a source of data. And it may just be information that's valuable to you, but it may be something bigger. Like I said, I'm writing this book now, and I'm finding things in my dreams that I don't fully remember consciously anymore, but I remembered them when I wrote it down. I'm finding things in my dreams that are corresponding with the research that I'm doing for this book. Things that have been written in... in uh, I'm trying not to sound all crazy or whatever, but things that were written almost in the Bible. I've seen symbols in my dreams that I've drawn that have turned out to be Egyptian symbols. I have concepts that have that are come through now in in Monroe's book, in um, in Courtney Brown's book, in the the Nag Hammadi library. I mean, there's a lot of different concepts that that are coming to me in my dreams that I'm finding in all these works now. Does that mean I'm somebody special? No. I think that there's a data stream. Maybe it's that sleeper school. Maybe there's many ways to experience this information that I'm tapping into and I'm starting to recall it consciously. I think a lot of us just assimilate this information and don't recall where we got it from or the significance of it. It just becomes a part of us for whatever we need. But because I wrote it down, I started noticing themes. And 
I guess the driving theme, as I say all the time, is fear, is controlling your fear. I have dreams where I've actually written in my journal real big, I must control my fear. I can't tell you how many times that's come up. I don't remember all of them, but as I go back, my dreams, and they've been messengers or people that I've met in my dreams. One time I was handed a business card, and on the back of the business card it says, you know, in order to communicate, control your fears. I've had all these different ways and messages of coming coming to me. I'm going, what does this mean at the time? And then I come to find out, well, fear may be what these things are feeding off of. It may be strictly what slams the door in our face because when I start to have an out-of-body state and I get afraid, I'm slammed awake. I just can't do it anymore. It's that fear that holds us back. And that has been a message that has come through very clear for me in my dreams. The whole premise of this book, I Am Human, was was some kind of intuitive dreamlike download. I started having dreams about stuff and I woke up and I was trying to process everything and then boom, it all came out into an essay. And that essay has been... It's been driving my life. And that's why I'm doing this podcast. It's why I'm writing this book. You know, just the things that came through that and... and, and Please go read the book, and you'll be able to to read the uh, the essay at the end, the actual essay that really started all of this searching for me um, on this level. I guess in this field, I've always been searching, but this uh, I am human experience. Uh, I mean, it, it's just been incredible. I want to talk more about that. I'll probably do another show on on intuition and, and the significance that that has uh, held in my life. Um, but in the interest of time, let me save that one for another for another discussion. But uh, Start writing down your dreams and start looking at them and start exploring them. I, I wish, I wish I could just publish. I mean, I could, but I wish I had the time right now to just publish my dream journal because there's some fascinating experiences that I've had in my dreams. And you know, my other shows talking about parallel worlds and things of that nature. Um, you know, th- there's other tie-ins to that as well. But again, I don't have time to go into that this time. I'll have the link to the Parallel Universes show in the show notes for this at serviceofchange.com. Um, check out that show too. It talks about some really neat stuff about uh, you know traveling in your dreams. Um, you know, last thing I'm going to talk about interpreting your dreams. I've seen a lot of people. I have one somewhere back there on my bookshelf. Uh, how to interpret your dreams, dream journals, and I'd say they're great for a starting point, but. Like if you have a symbol that may come up, like I'll use that if I see a certain animal or something. I have a website that I go to that helps me understand. It's a website you know I've, I've used forever that helps me understand maybe the significance and meaning of an animal. But don't go by the, inter- the what's written in a book all the time for you. Use that maybe as a as a secondary point. Your first jo- step in interpreting a dream is what did you feel the instant you woke up about it. The first time you recalled that dream or in that dream, what were your feelings? Before your conscious mind can start to interfere and say, well, maybe logically it means this, or maybe it means um, I need to eat less ice cream. Before you start thinking about it, what did your gut tell you? What did your intuition tell you? That's how you're going to get your answers to your dream. Don't think, just feel. It's, it takes a little bit of practice, but the more you do it, the easier it will get. Once I start thinking about a dream, I'm done. I've got it to the point now where I can think about it because I make a point to consciously remember what I felt about it first. A lot of times how you felt about it is very different than what you think about it. 
And then you can go in and analyze it and you'll start to make connections and stuff. And like I said, those dream journals just give you one possible interpretation. And it's a good starting point. And then you take, let's say you have a dream about teeth. And I think, you know, you've dreamed about losing your teeth. You're afraid you're going to lose money. You're going on a hardship. I forget what it says now. But if you have a dream about teeth and your teeth fall out and your intuition is telling you, you know, I'm afraid, you know, th this means that I'm about to come into a bunch of money or something. The opposite of what the book says. Go with what that feeling tells you. And then look at the book and say, okay, well, how can these compare? Uh, you know, I, I'm trying to come up with a better example, and I just can't because I'm staring at myself on the computer screen right now. Sorry, guys. But I think you get the idea. Um, interpreting dreams, write them down. Write them down as often as you can. It gets easier with time. And write down your feelings, your initial feelings for them, and that will help you better understand your dreams. And that can be one of your best guides, one of your best sources of information and insight into whatever it is that you're looking for. Have a question, have something you're trying to understand in your own life that you can't quite bring to fruition, go to your dreams. Your answers most likely will come to you then. Before you go to bed, set your intention. I want an answer to this question. I want to know why I behave the way I do when I get nervous or something. You, and you'll, you'll have a dream, you know, but you got to stay at it. You got to write stuff down. That's, I think that's the most important thing. So I feel like I'm, uh, I'm beating this one to death right now. So I thank you for, uh, for listening to me. Uh, check out, I, I just posted on the YouTube page, you know, if you're subscribed to the YouTube page, I, I got a chance to, to face my own fears. I talked about the significance of fears and uh, swim with some sharks when I was down in Florida last week. They're only three-foot sharks. But check out the video. It's pretty cool. You get to see the tiger sharks and the hammerhead sharks swimming below me. And that's very empowering to be able to face your physical fears. I think that carries over and transcends into this consciousness stuff that we're trying to do and trying to deal with. So uh, I'm going to call it quits here. That's, that's all the time I have. Uh, uh, thank you for taking the time to listen. I'm happy to be back on the air. I am Dennis Nappy II with Service of Change. Check it out, serviceofchange.com slash human. Subscribe to the secret newsletter. Check us on YouTube. Find me on iTunes. Find me on SoundCloud, Facebook, everywhere. Uh, please check us out. Share the stuff. It really helps the show. And check out that bookstore. There might be a book for somebody, for you, or for somebody that you care about. Uh, it would really help support the show. Again, that's all the time I have. Service of Change, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning and keep an open mind. Thank you. Welcome to Truth Seekers.